You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Well, good morning. It was very nice over there. Thank you. (laughs) I hope you have a great Thanksgiving this week. Uh, For some of you, that means you'll get some time off work and some time off school. And for some of you, it means that you're going to get to spend time with some very special people in your lives. And I hope it's a great, a great day and a great week. My greatest prayer for you is that it's a good time in your journey with God. And hopefully the time that we spend together this morning will help you prepare for that. Uh, It'll be good. Next Sunday, we start Advent. And there is a website that I want to make you aware of to put on your radar you can get there two ways, hehascome.com, or you can go to our website, bethanynaz.org, and click onto the link. But it will become more interactive as we move through Advent, and there's videos and things for you to learn about what's going to be happening through the season of Advent. Special musical times together, carols by candlelight, all of that. So I wanted you to be aware of hehascome.com, okay? And so you can look at that sometime other than right now. Would that be good? Great. <coughs> So I want, I want you to look at me for a minute, will you? And, um, and I want to say something, and I want you to react to it, but not out loud. What, what if I looked at you and said, everything you have, and I mean everything. Everything you have. Whether it's money, or material possessions, or friends, or family... Or the forgiveness of your own sin. Everything you have comes from the hand of God. Are you okay with that? So I don't mean, yeah, that registers in my mind. I mean, does that concept get beyond your head and into your heart? Do you believe that with everything in you? That without God, I have absolutely, absolutely nothing. Nothing. I want you to go with me to the Old Testament book of 1 Chronicles, okay? Old Testament book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 29. And I would love to read to you a passage of Scripture, okay? Chronicles, 1 Chronicles, chapter 29. I'm going to start reading with verse 10, okay? So here's, here's what's going on. I'll just give you a little bit of information, then we'll come back and talk about it in a minute. But what is happening is they have taken an offering because they're going to build a building. So we're sitting in this building, and so years ago when they started to build this building, I promise you they took lots of offerings, okay? And so people were giving like crazy, so we're going to build this new sanctuary. So they're going to build a temple for God, and they're taking an offering. And after the offering has been gathered... The king of the nation, David, here's what he says in verse 10. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness, I love these words, and the power, and the glory, and the majesty, and the splendor, you know, what, what more can I say about you, God? Yours is the greatness, and yours is the power, and yours is the glory, and yours is the majesty, and yours is the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. So everything that exists is yours. 
Lord, yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and we praise your glorious name. But I want you to listen to these next two verses, okay, and then I'm done reading. But David kind of, you know, I'm thinking he's scratching his head and he's, he's looking at this offering and this offering is huge. And, and here's what he says. He says, but who am I? And who are my people, meaning the people of this nation, that we should be able, that we would have the ability to give as generously as this? I mean, I look at where we came from, and to think that we have enough, that we could give an offering this great. I mean, who are we that we could give so generously? And then he says, everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. So in this offering that we're bringing, here's what I understand, God. That everything that we're giving you in this offering, so after a while we didn't take an offering yet. Did you notice? We're going to take an offering. And so when we bring our offering, where did you get that stuff that you're giving? It all came from Him, David says. So everything that we're giving you, you gave it to us first. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight, as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow. I mean, we are just without hope. But Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple, for your holy name comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. So I want us to somehow grasp that before we leave here today, okay? I remember when we were living in one particular town, Columbia, Tennessee. Um, Morgan was born there, and we were there for eight and a half years. The, the thing that Columbia, Tennessee is most famous for is an event every year called Mule Day, M-U-L-E. Sounds pretty exciting, doesn't it? Small Tennessee town, and they do Mule Day there, okay? And so they have a mule parade. But honestly, when you go to the parade, I mean, you can only watch so many people ride a mule past you and you just get bored. You know, it's just, they have a mule pull. Pretty exciting, that's at the fairgrounds. They have a, uh, a mule show where they show the prettiest mules. And then they crown a mule day queen. There you go. So you just got to work that out and decide if you want your daughter to have that on her resume, that she was once a mule day queen. And so, you know, we would, we would, you know, over the years, we would kind of take part of it in. And, um, and I would say to Annette, typically on Saturday afternoon, why don't we go out to the park? Because that's where things kind of ended up. And they had lots of vendors and lots of food, homemade ice cream and funnel cakes and anything that you could imagine that you could eat at a place like that. And so we go out and we take Morgan. And Morgan is maybe kindergarten or pre-kindergarten, our youngest daughter. And so we're out at this Mule Day thing and... Man, she is loving it. She is eating everything she can eat. And she's riding every little ride there for every kid. And finally we get ready to leave. And we have been wanting to leave for a while. And we get near the parking lot. And there is a guy who has this um, train. 
And if you give him a couple of bucks, he'll ride you around the parking lot, okay? And so I don't want to get on this little thing because I think it really used to be a lawnmower more than it was a train, but he's got this thing built on it to make it look like a train. And so finally Morgan just, can we please, can we please, Daddy? And so, you know, we get out a few bucks and we give the guy and we get on this thing. And so here I'm sitting in this little cart and my, you know, knees are under my chin. I'm just all, you know, and, and we're riding around the parking lot of all places, the parking lot is full of mules and trailers that are attached to trucks. And the mules are all doing what mules do after they've had a lot to eat. And so the smell in the parking lot was just horrible. And we're just riding around a parking lot of all places. It was just pathetic, sitting in this little, you know, thing. And, and Morgan looks up at me and she smiles and she just throws herself over on me and puts her arms around me and she says... This is the happiest day of my entire life. (laughs) Who needs Disney when you got Mule Day? I think all she was trying to say was, you know what? I've loved this day and I've loved being with you and mom and I've loved all this food and all these rides and thank you. I think that's all she was trying to do was say thanks. How are we doing? Okay. All right. Did I told that one? All right. I think something happens in, in First Chronicles. It maybe happened with Morgan and happens with you and happens with me. And that is that you begin to understand the source of the good things that are coming into your life. But until you have a very full, clear understanding of the source... You're not really going to know how to be thankful and grateful. And so if you would just think with me for a minute here, I don't think this is about what you do. I think it's about what you come to know. And although this passage is about a big offering that's given, I don't think it's about giving. I think it's about understanding. Because I think once you understand, and once you come to know, then it has a tremendous impact on how you behave and what you do. And I think that's what this story is about. And so you've got a king whose name is David. And David, you know, is the most loved king of all of Israel. And you can understand why as you read his story. Although he has a terrible mishap in his life. But you know what God does when you mess up? Really bad? Like Dave, David had a really, a really steamy affair with a lady named Bathsheba. And, and there was a child as a result of all. He made a big mistake, created really bad, committed really bad sin. But God says, David, I'll, I'll forgive you and I'll give you another chance. And so David says, I want to do something for God, something really big. And so, you know, I live in this wonderful palace, but God, his dwelling is still a tent, a tabernacle. And I want to build you a temple. And so David began to put together plans for a temple. And and he not only put together plans, but he decided how he would raise all the money that was needed to build the temple. And you know what God says to David? David, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I'm not going to have you do that. You are a warrior. And there is a lot of blood on your hands. And you're not going to build my temple. Your son Solomon will build the temple. And so David said, okay, I'll take the offering. 
And so David says, out of my own treasury of silver and gold, I gave to the building of the temple. And then I called all the Israelites to give. And, and when you read in chapter 29, you get this list of what they gave. Stuff like um, 190 tons of gold. That's over 400,000 pounds of gold. I mean, this is a gold ring. Weigh in ounces. Can you imagine 400,000 pounds of gold? 390 tons of silver. 675 tons of bronze. 3,800 tons of iron. And then the writer says, and everybody who had precious stones, any precious stones on, around your neck, rings, anything like that? Everybody who had precious stones, you know what they did? They just brought them down. They put them in the offering. Just amazing offering. And then David kind of steps back and he says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look at all of this that's given. Pounds and pounds and pounds of gold and silver and bronze and iron and all of these precious stones. Who am I? And who are all these people that we would be able to give so generously to you, God? And then David says, Everything we have given is what you gave us. <laughs> because everything that we have, everything, that old car you drive, your checking account, your savings account, the savings account you wish you had, the clothes on your back, the friend sitting beside you, the forgiveness of your sin, everything came from God. Everything. Amen. So, so why, do, why do I talk about that this morning? I'll, I'll tell you why I talk about that. It's because we, we have bought a lie. And you know what the lie is that we have bought? We somehow have begun to believe that somehow I made my own way. Or that I earned what I have. Or that I somehow was able to get the stuff that I have now. I did this. And here's the truth. That for you to even get up and go to work in the morning to earn money, God has to give you breath every day. I'm breathing the very breath that He is giving me to breathe right now. And at any minute, He could withdraw everything that I have. And I've got nothing. Not even life. So, um, I grew up singing a song in church. And it went kind of like this. Um, Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. I, I like the next line a lot because it just reminds me that every day God's doing new stuff in my life. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. You sing the next line. Wow, did you hear what you just said? Everything that I've needed in my life, 
Where did it come from? God's mighty hand. I mean, everything that I needed throughout my life, you gave it to me. So I wonder how my life would change and how my behavior would change if I really grasped this idea that everything, everything, everything I have, God gave me. So let me, let me cite a couple examples, okay? Here we go. So one, one day Jesus is with disciples and they say, we would like for you to teach us to pray because we love the way that you pray. We wish we could pray like you pray. Why don't you teach us how to pray? And so Jesus says, okay, this is how you should pray. And he talks about going to a quiet place alone with God. And here's what you say when you get to that quiet place alone with God. Our Father which art in heaven. And as he continues to give instruction, he says, this is what you should say. Every time that you find that quiet place and pray, here's what you should say. You should say, give us today our daily bread. So just a show of hands, how many of you in the room this morning would say, every morning when I pray, I pray that God will give me food for the day. Just, yeah, me neither. I don't want to bother God with daily bread, you know what I'm saying? you got a lot to deal with, I can take care of the bread, I can, I can, I can furnish the bread, I'll... I'll provide the bread. I have a job. I earn money. I've saved. I can take care of bread. God, I don't want to get up in the morning and ask you to give me something to eat because I can take care of the stuff to eat, okay? In fact, we were out of town this past week. And if I did anything, I had too much bread. You know what I mean? Do you have that rule? If you're out of town, you can eat whatever you want. I have that rule. In fact, if friends come in from out of town to visit me, I eat whatever I want. It works either way. I mean, if I need to do anything, I don't need to be asking for more bread. I need to ask for less bread. And Jesus says, no, there's, there's one thing you need. You need to get up in the morning. And you need to find a quiet place. And you need to say, God, would you do something for me today? Would you give me and would you give my family food for the day? And would you give us life's basic needs? Because what you really need is to be aware today that everything that you have comes from the hand of God. And if today He doesn't give you bread, you don't eat. So what are you going to do? What, Thursday? You're going to get together with family or friends or something? And there'll be some kind of a meal that will involve a bird probably? And, and, and probably it won't take hold of you until you gather each other's hands and you bow your heads and you say, God, thank you for the roof over our head and thank you for the clothes on our back and thank you for food on our table. Because unless you come through, we don't get to eat. And we don't stay warm. And we don't find ourselves fully dressed. So there's another story about the Old Testament people, the Israelites, who have been in slavery, but now they're free, and they're wandering in the wilderness, and they start complaining, saying, why did you bring us out here, Moses? At least when we were slaves, we had food to eat. There's no food out here. What are we going to do, starve to death? God says, it's okay, Moses, I got this. And they get up the next morning, and they go out, and there's something that looks like frost on the ground. 
And they say, what's on the ground? It's like flakes. And they pick it up and they realize it's edible. It's bread. It was called manna. And the instructions were really clear. Only take enough for today. Well, but I want some for tomorrow too. And so some people gathered more than enough for today. But you know what happened to the extra that they gathered? It was full of maggots and it smelled. And it was so bad they threw it away. You couldn't eat it. Why? Why can't I take enough for tomorrow too? Because when you wake up in the morning, I want you to remember that everything comes from the hand of God. And so when you wake up in the morning, have this awareness that if God doesn't feed me, I don't eat. Do you believe, do you really believe that everything you have, God gives you? And so when you get to the next verse, 17, David says, wow, I I love this. because, Because what I'm seeing is your people giving freely and wholeheartedly. I've seen how willing your people have given. And and this week as I've been dealing with this, I've been kind of saying to myself, okay, I I give. Do you give? Like most every Sunday when you come, excuse me, do you give? We get paid every other week here. And so every other week, in fact, I've got my my offering with me this morning. I'm going to give it at the end of the service. And so I I do give. And and I think I, I love to give. But the Lord has challenged me this week. Are you giving like freely? Are you giving wholeheartedly? And so I don't think it's ever fair for me to stand up here on Sunday and bark out some kind of sermon at you that says, this is what you should do if I'm not really contemplating myself. Am I doing this? I didn't find a quick and easy answer when I asked myself, Rick, do you give freely and wholeheartedly? I want to. And I think it has more to do with understanding than doing. It's when we begin to get the picture that everything I have, it comes from God. So I met a guy this week. His name is, he's a judge. He lives in Sublette, Kansas. His name is Tom Webb. And so he also is like a part-time pastor. And so there's a, a town in Oklahoma called Knowles. That's 80 miles from Sublette, Kansas. And so someone said to him, you know, we need an interim pastor there. We know you live 80 miles away, so we wouldn't dare ask you to become the, like, regular pastor there. But would you be the interim pastor? And he said, sure. And so for the last 18 years, he has been the interim pastor, driving 80 miles over and 80 miles back. 80 miles over and 80 miles back. But his story was intriguing. He said, I was born in Korea. And he looks half Korean. My mother was Korean, he said, but my father was a U.S. Marine. But my mother had no idea in the world which U.S. Marine my father might have been. And he said, my mother never took responsibility for me. And so I, I had to fend for myself. When I slept somewhere at night, it was somewhere I found to sleep. When I ate something in the day, it was something I found to eat. And at the age of seven... He ended up in an orphanage. And six months later, someone took him to an airport and put him on a plane. And when he got off the plane, he said, I met a man who was tall and balding. And he said to me, I'm going to be your father. 
and Roy Webb and his wife adopted me. Now, what does a little Korean orphan have? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. But Judge Webb said, I cannot begin to tell you what these people gave me. Because when they adopted me, I got to share everything they had. Everything. They gave and they gave and they gave and they gave. And all of it was mine. <coughs> and so on I read in the book of Romans and Ephesians and Galatians. I read about the father adopting me. I'm not a slave. No, I'm an heir. I'm a son. And all of a sudden everything the father has I get to share. I am adopted into his family. And he just gives and gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. And everything that I have, I can honestly say, it came from his hand. Without him, I don't have anything. And so what do the people of Israel do? We want to give back. I mean, what, what can I give God? He's given me everything. I mean, everything. What, what can I give Him? And so, here's how we're going to close the service this morning. This a couple of weeks ago, I thought I had a really bright idea. Now, I'm not sure if it was all that bright of an idea, but I'm living with it because I've got that ball rolling, you know what I'm saying? And I thought that when we came to the end of the service, that instead of just kind of singing a song... You know, that we maybe would straighten our backs and like testify and say, God has given me literally everything. I mean everything. And I want to somehow make a statement of thanks to Him this morning. And so, some of you have brought your tithes and your offerings. And this is the Sunday of the year that we give to World Missions. And so some of you have brought an offering for missions. And some of you say, I give online and I don't have a dollar in my pocket. I can relate to that. There's many times I don't have cash on me. But I want us to get our offerings out, okay, and get them ready now. Would you do that with me? And so what we're going to do is we're going to sing in a moment. And when we sing, we're going to kind of bring an offering down front like some churches do. And so there's offerings, baskets here and over here. And so I'm going to make it really simple, okay? Would you just raise your right hand? Okay? Why are you not participating in this drill? Okay, thank you. Now just look over at your right hand. Look over there. You're looking? That's the way you're going to exit when you come down to bring your offering. You're going to go to the right, okay? And then you'll return through the other aisle, okay? So you might want to write on an envelope. If you don't have any cash with you, you might just want to write the words, thank you. Or you don't have to come. You may say, it's too hard for me to get down there. I understand. You can sing your song of praise this morning. But I thought, what would it be like if we just kind of turned this place into this sanctuary of praise and thanksgiving? And instead of just singing the words, if we sing them... But we also come forward. And so, if you don't want to come forward, there are ushers at every door. I mean, every door has an usher. We are going to get your money one way or the other before you get out of here today, okay? So there's an usher everywhere. You can't leave a door without finding an usher. It's not about amount. It's not about giving. It's about testifying that everything I have came from God. And I just want to celebrate that this morning. And so we're going to stand right now. And our offerings are ready. 
And it may be that you say, what I want to give is my life. And I've got a feeling many of you might like to kneel at the altars this morning and pray prayers of thanksgiving as you come down. But let's celebrate today, okay? Let's give praise to God. Listen closely and sing the words from your heart. These are great songs to sing. So let's give. We have nothing to give that didn't first come from your hands. We have nothing to offer you which you did not provide. Every good, perfect gift comes from your kind and gracious heart. And all we do is give back to you what always has been yours. Sing with me. Lord, we're breathing the breath that you gave us to breathe, to worship you, to worship you. And we're singing these songs with the very same breath to worship you, to worship
So, Father, receive our thanks this morning. Uh, Receive our praise, Lord. We love you. We honor you. We celebrate your goodness in our lives. We believe that everything we have, even this offering we have given you today, came from your hand. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at BethanyNaz.org.